Not dead. Well, good morning, and I just, for better or worse, want to promise you, you've seen the last of Pat for a while. He does make uh, appearances as the youth, the student ministries guy here at Lake Forest, if you didn't know that. So, uh, and he occasionally breaks into Pat in staff meetings and other things. So, uh, well, so today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the question, um, and the question is, are you going to choose to follow God, which means that you have to do more with this book, or are you going to head down uh, another path? I think that's the question. So we've been talking about questions. I made a big deal out of the seven questions that, that, that guide everybody. I've said, you've got answers to these big seven questions the question is not whether you have answers that are sort of telling you who you are and what's expected of you and what happens when you die and all these things. The question is whether those answers are any good. And we've been focused on question seven for the most part, the last question, which is, where do I go to get answers to the first six questions? How do I know what I know? What do I trust? What do I put my weight down on? What, what is going to be the source of authority to guide my heart? to guide my head. What is going to shape me? What set of truths or assumptions or feelings is going to guide me? Am I going to be shaped by this book or am I going to be shaped by my boss? Am I going to be shaped by my bank account? Am I going to be shaped by the fate of my college football team? Is my mood going to be determined by what I read in this book? Or is it going to be shaped by the polling numbers for my party? What, what, what is going to shape my life? How do I know what I know? What do I trust? So last week we looked a little bit at question number four. But uh, that was, you know, what went wrong. But, but we're back to question seven and actually flipping from there to question one. Question one is what matters most? Who or what matters most? Who or what am I supposed to be focusing in on? Is supposed to, am I supposed to let shape my life? So um, it's a simple question, but I don't think uh, everybody understands that they've got to answer it. <laughs> and I think that there's a lot of people who uh, also don't understand that really the universe of options that we have is God or something else. Right? I mean, you have more options than that, obviously, but not as many as you think. Like we tend to think we have limitless options. And if you want to count in what you're going to eat for lunch and you know, what, you, what TV program you're going to watch and what football game you're going to tune into, if you're going to count all those as questions, yeah, you've got a lot of choices to make. But on the things that really matter, you don't really have that many options. So we can frame this different ways. Some people frame it around worldviews, and there's five big categories of worldviews. You can be an atheist, you can be an agnostic, you can be a pantheist, you can be a polytheist, or you can be a theist. And they break down. If you're a theist, you can be a Jew, you can be a Muslim, you can be a Christian. But you don't have limitless options. We could also come at this and say, well, I'm going to define myself. I'm going to understand who I am. I'm going to understand life based on who I think I am. 
And then we look to certain sort of prophets of these different categories. So you can say, well, I am, uh, I am a set of, of desires. I'm going to go with Freud, or I'm going I'm, I'm to say that I'm sort of an economic person. I'm going to go with Marx, or I'm going to go with <clears throat> Skinner. I mean, there's, there's really five or six different categories you can go into there. Or you can say, I am, I am going to live my life based on uh, decisions and the big decision is who I'm going to trust. Is it going to be, am I going to make the decisions for me? Or is it going to be my parents? Or is it going to be a spouse? Or is it going to be culture? Like, is my life going to be defined mostly by Google's algorithm in terms of what I'm being directed to? We don't have a, limited, a limitless number of options. And the big question really comes down to, is it God and this book, or is it something else? And so I am calling the question, and uh, in doing that, I have, I have a half dozen points I'm going to make, and they basically all flow out of Psalm uh, chapter 1. And so if you want, you can turn there. Uh, I was actually going to go in a different direction until late in the week, and I have uh, complained about this uh, already. Uh, I'm too old for the, um, the, the Saturday night special, but uh, oh well. So uh, I had done most of my early thinking in this on John, and looking at John uh, chapter 13, looking at the, the Jesus's sort of calling the question. There's a couple of different places where Jesus really tries to hit people over the head. I was, I was going to go more with the uh, stick than the carrot, <laughs> but I switched. I'm going with the carrot. So, but there's a, there's a passage in which Jesus says to the disciples, it's on the night that he's betrayed, he's washed their feet, he's hanging out with the disciples, they're headed towards uh, the Last Supper, and he says, by the way, if you know these things that I have taught you, Blessed are you if you do them. So it's, it's sort of the last little gotcha there. He goes, if you know these things, <laughs> you're blessed if you do them. If you don't do them, you're not blessed, right? If you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. And there's a similar kind of moment where Jesus is interacting with the Pharisees. Uh, and, and he says, and it's really, it's a gotcha line. Uh, he says, oh, have you not read and then he quotes scripture. And of course they'd read, right? They'd memorized the entire Old Testament. They could tell you what word was in the middle of the Psalms, right? They knew all kinds of very bizarre, meaningless, but esoteric little trivia about the Hebrew scriptures, about the Old Testament. They had memorized the whole thing. But Jesus says, oh, have you not read? Because they weren't doing it. And I was just going to say, well, you know, look, it was going to be a message that said, when all is said and done, more is said than done, right? This is all about vitamin A. This is all about the decisions you make. you got to understand that knowing and doing are two profoundly different things. And so the push was going to be uh, about obedience, about, about following God more rigorously. What I want to do instead is take you to Psalm chapter 1, and we just, uh, what we get here is uh, a sketch of two different lives. That's what is being set up here. And uh, Psalm chapter 1 is the introduction to this big book. Many people 
favorite book in the Old Testament is the book of Psalms. It's 150 chapters. They are uh, the Psalms, come in different types, by the way. There's Psalms of praise and Psalms of lament and precatory Psalms and Messianic Psalms. There's a variety of different types, but for the most part, they're all prayers. Uh, Chapter 1, the introduction is a little bit of an exception. It's a meditation. And just to be a little ironic, it's a meditation on meditation. And just to make it ever so slightly more ironic than that, it's a meditation on meditation on what you should meditate on. And it is saying that we need to meditate on the law of God. So... uh, There is a path that you're going to see. This, by the way, is not hardly the only place that that you see this, where it's it's choosing God and his book or going another path. We have the famous moment where Joshua, standing on the banks of the Jordan River, says, choose for yourself this day who you're going to serve, but it's for me and my house. (laughs) We're going to serve the Lord. And you got Elijah challenging the prophets of Baal. Right, and he's he's interacting with them. There's 400 of them, and and they're having this little smackdown contest at Mount Carmel, and uh, and then uh, just as it's about to go, you know, hyper vigilant, uh, he turns to the to the Jews who are there, the spectators, the crowd that have that have come there to watch this contest between Elijah and the 400 prophets of Baal, and he says, "By the way, how long?" are you going to hesitate between two opinions? How long, the the Hebrew is, how long are you going to limp along trying to have it both ways? If God is God, serve him. (laughs) And if not, go serve Baal. But if God is God, serve him. Don't try and say, I'm going to serve God and keep my options open. And so we've got this. I mean, Jesus will say essentially this, right? There's a road that leads uh, to God, it's narrow, it's hard, and there is a road that is broad and it leads to destruction, right? I mean, we get these binary choices. We don't like binary choices, but we get these binary choices. And uh, so we're going to be in Psalm uh, 1. I want to make a, a half dozen points. I've already made the first two, by the way, and that is we get a choice between God and the Bible or something else. Uh, the, second, the second point that I want to make here is that decisions have consequences, So, first we make our decisions, then our decisions make us, right? Uh, First we we pick a path, and then that path begins to shape us, and we are molded. It's an iterative process. Life is a series of, you know, of of stimulus response, and you adapt, and and you mold, and you become a different person based on the decisions that you made. And we hear this all over. You know this. It's common sense, right? If you want to be in shape, then you got to have a certain diet, right? You you make the decisions of what you're going to eat, and then that... The decision on what you're going to eat is going to shape you. And these things, you don't break these things. It's just a given. You want to become a certain kind of person, then you spend your time doing certain things. If you're the person that, that watches a certain channel, you become a certain way. If you read a certain paper, you become a certain way, right? Character is determined by the things, by the input that we have. And so we're getting from the Bible this very big push saying... What you think about is going to matter a whole lot. First you make your decisions, then your decisions turn around and make you. 
So to quote Robert Frost, uh, two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and it has made all the difference. So we get this big idea in Psalm 1. And if you want to turn with me, we will look there. This is the introduction to the Psalms. It begins, Blessed uh, is the one who does not walk in the steps of the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Blessed. So the first word here, uh, it ought to be uh, capitalized in bold letters, underlined, exclamation points after it. It's, it's, it is an emphatic, big word. It's in plural. Many blessings. So this is like, this is a big, right out of the gate, hit you over the head. Many blessings uh, attribute. Go to those who do not walk in the steps of the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. This is classic Hebrew parallelism. This is Hebrew poetry. They don't rhyme words. You rhyme ideas. You repeat them over and over again from different angles. And so basically we're just being told in a variety of different ways, three different ways, that, that if you want a life that's blessed, just stay away from people that are going to lead you down the wrong path. <laughs> right? Blessed are those who stay away from bad guys, but, verse 2, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. So it's worth noting that he doesn't say what you would think he would say, whose delight is in God. He doesn't say that. He says, who is meditating on the word of God. So to be clear, the Bible is a means to an end. It's not the end. If you're worshiping the Bible, you're doing it wrong. That's not the goal. The Bible points us to God. The goal of Bible study ultimately is to know God. It's not simply to know the Bible, but the Bible is a means to an end. And, and so it doesn't say what the, much of the Bible says, which is blessed are those who know God. It says blessed are those who are meditating on the law of God. It's also worth noting uh, that he doesn't say... Blessed are those who make good decisions, <laughs> which is what I just said, which is true. And the Bible will make this point over and over again. Blessed are those who make good decisions. Blessed are those who pick the right path. Blessed are those who do the right things. But it backs up from there and it says, blessed are those who love the right things. And so it's understanding that at the end of the day, our heart matters more than our head, because our heart is going to lead our head. It's, again, it's an iterative process. You can't make it an either-or. But, but the point here, and again, this is a point that Augustine made many times, the big goal in our life is to order our loves and to order our fears. If we are loving the right things and fearing the right things, then we're going to head down the right path. And so uh, he says, blessed are those who delight uh, in the law of the Lord. So increasingly, I'll just, just to bring this into sharp contrast again, I'll say, when I started this series, I said, look, there's four big inputs into your life. There's four sources of authority. There's four ways you can answer the question, how do I know what I know? One is reason. 
One is revelation, one is tradition, and one is intuition. And I said, what's been happening in the U.S., in Western culture, in, 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 in this moment, is we are seeing reason and revelation go down, and we're seeing intuition go up. And, and so, so lots of people are not meditating on the law of God. They're trying to get in touch with their feelings, believing truth is deep inside them. That's not what the psalmist is celebrating. He's not saying, blessed are those who are in deep connection with the inner truth. No, he's saying, blessed are those who love the law of God, who meditate uh, on his law day and night. So um, last week we saw in Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus, when he was in moments of stress, the temptation, the cross, whatever, when Jesus was in a crisis, he responds with Scripture. Right, that, that was top of mind. He had stored up God's word in his heart, and so it is what was shaping him. He was meditating on the law day and night. So when you're in a crisis, when you're having a bad moment, when you've gotten bad news, or when you're making a decision, what is informing you? What's the music playing in the back of your head? What's that song? <laughs> Whose voice do you hear? What are you in touch with? Right? I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the question because that's the issue that he is trying to force. So this idea of meditation, um, it, this is a little bit of a caricature. Um, the, I, most people would, would say that Eastern meditation, the whole goal is to empty your mind. And there's, I think there's truth to that. It's, the, that's a, it's an incomplete caricature of Eastern meditation. But, but in contrast, biblical meditation is saying, focus your mind. So it's not that you need to empty your mind. It's that you need to focus your mind. Focus your heart. Focus your mind on the word of God. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Uh, trees show up often in the Bible, that's why. If you read The Hobbit or watched The Lord of the Rings or you're watching Rings of Power, trees are always prominently featured. Tolkien and Lewis were big into trees, and they're big in the Bible. Uh, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. So um, the, the picture here, the contrast here is... The, the righteous person making good decisions who is like a tree that has been planted. It's not an accident. It just, it just didn't happen by chance. As a matter of fact, the Hebrew word is sort of a little bit almost transplanted, which would sort of hint at the whole idea of rebirth and being born again and making an intentional decision to, to head down a different path. Blessed is the one who is transplanted by a stream, and the stream is the word of God, and the roots go deep, and they survive even when there's trials and tribulations and a drought. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. So chaff 
is the papery covering the husk around a grain. And so when a grain has to be crushed, and, uh, and you see, you've seen pictures of this in uh, biblical times, they would, they would crush the grain and then they throw it up in the air and the wind blows the paper-thin chaff further away and the grain falls straight down. And so you end up with a pile of grain and then all the chaff has blown away. So the contrast is between a tree that is planted and solid and stable and alive and chaff that is being blown by the wind. And the contrast is between the righteous person who is following God, who is focused on Scripture, who is, who is, whose the background music in their head is the Bible, and, and then uh, the wicked who are heading a different path. Therefore, the wicked will not stand uh, in the judgment, probably better translated, will not withstand the judgment. They will not survive the assessment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Uh, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So please note the, the statement here, the way of the wicked leads to destruction, is, is making a point that I've tried to hammer away at many times, and that is that uh, punishment for sin is almost always simply the logical conclusion of the sin. It's not that God is, you know, looking down to find you doing something wrong and says, okay, you've done that, I'm going to give you cancer. You've done that, I'm going to make sure you don't get good parking. You've done that, I'm going to, whatever it is. This big sort of karma kind of equation. That's not, that's not the way this is being described. It says, you go down that path, you do those things, then you'll be sorry. Like, God says, I, I know where that path leads. <laughs> you don't want to go there. Like, if you can see ahead what I can see, you don't want to go there. Don't build that kind of character. That kind of character is going to undo you, right? The path of the wicked leads to destruction. God doesn't destroy them. The path of the wicked leads to destruction. So as I said, I have a, I have a half dozen points. I, I've already made uh, the first couple. They, they come out of, for the most part, come right out of here, Psalm 1. It's God or not God. There's a choice. If it's God, it's God and Scripture, right? We cannot, we don't get to decide it's God, but it's my way. God, God doesn't do that at all. God says, I'm God, you're not, right? He defines himself, I am the I am. I am the self-defining one. I am the one that is in charge, right? Doesn't do deals, doesn't say, okay. He says, this is the way it is. So if it's God, then it's God and his book. We've established, we've spent time looking at why, looking in particular at Jesus uh, and how Jesus treated the book. And we're saying, okay, if you're in with Jesus, then this is the, this is the plan. Uh, made another point and said that uh, first we make our decisions and then our decisions make us. So uh, I now want to say that uh, we have to understand that that path that, that is being suggested and celebrated, the path that leads to flourishing, is a hard path. Okay? So, it's not as simple as some is thought to mean freedom from responsibilities. I am free to do whatever I want to do. 
and I get the consequences that I want. I should be free from the downside of the decisions that I make. And it just, just doesn't work that way. Reality doesn't work that way. So what we don't understand is that when the Bible talks about freedom, it generally spells it discipline. <laughs> We're not thinking that. But what it's saying is make these decisions and you will then be free. Build this character, and then you will be free. You want the, the freedom of good health? Then eat this food. You want the freedom that comes with being able to speak three languages? Then you need the discipline of studying those languages. You want the freedom that comes with financial uh, means? Then you have to have the discipline to live beneath your financial means. Right? It's, these are not completely ironclad laws, but they are observations about the way life generally works. And so the Bible is saying freedom comes by making the right decisions, and oftentimes those decisions are hard. It's worth noting that at this moment, velocity of culture is pretty high, and it is in many ways pulling us in the wrong direction. And, uh, and so we have to understand that that is what we are up against. Now, talking about culture would take a long time without getting in trouble, and, and lots of people think that culture is completely neutral. No, some cultures are better at some things than other cultures, and some cultures help us in some ways. They don't help us in other ways. Right now, the culture that we're living in has got a lot of volume and a lot of velocity, and I think it's pulling us in the wrong direction. Uh, which just simply means you have to double down on being shaped by this and not by the culture. I want to say two things uh, surprise me right now. One is how many people um, have got lots and lots of things going well for them. Like, we're living in, an, in, in the one in an amazing moment. Like, life expectancy is off the charts, and wealth, and health, and all kinds of creature comforts. I mean, really, in light of, in light of history, it's hardly ever been going better on many fronts than it is right now. But there's lots of people who are mad and scared. And I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. I'm also a little surprised by how many Christ followers are predominantly shaped by culture and the news and politics and not by the Word of God. And so they are, they are you are, they are frustrated, mad, angry, snarky because everything seems to be going wrong. And I, I keep wanting to say, look, this ends well. We're okay. Like, step back. Are there things going wrong? Yes. Is God bigger than these things? Yes. So control the inputs. <laughs> like, what are you focusing on? So if you get my Friday letter I, last month, I've been putting out news rules, which I never thought I would do. But I'm like, 
When I was a college pastor, you sort of think you're up against certain professors and certain ideas, and at different times you go, wow, this is the idol of the moment. I'm not saying news is an idol, but, but there's a lot of people who are mainlining on the news. And I'm not, at this moment, I'm not, I'm not picking one side or the other, right? Whether you're focusing on uh, Fox or MSNBC or the New York Times or, or whatever, I, I sort of don't care. I'm just saying that the first, my first news rule was the Bible before anything else. So if you wake up in the morning and you glance at your phone and you look at the Twitter feed, then you're on your own. Like, you're in a bad mood before breakfast. Oh, my goodness. And what's going to happen? What's Putin doing now? Okay. You have to put yourself in a frame of mind whereby you are looking at the news through the good news of the gospel and Jesus and not trying to tack Jesus onto the end of all the bad news and all the ugliness and all the they're lying and they're lying and fake news and all this other stuff. So the first thing I said is you, you, you've got to put the Bible. Like if you're a Christian, then you have, to, you have to prioritize this over that. The second thing I said is less is more. Like the psalmist is saying, blessed are those who meditate not on CNN, but on the word of God, right? The law of God. Blessed are those who are filling their heart and filling their mind with big truths that, that are overarching and that completely overwhelm whatever the news is. So I, 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 I've, I've had five news, five rules so far. One of them is I said, pay for your news. Because you've got to understand, if you're not paying for your news, you are the product. Because they got to pay for it somehow, right? So if you're not paying for it, then they're trying as hard as they can to get as many people to watch. And what we've discovered and what we were, I think, many of us unprepared for is that we watch things that make us mad and we watch things that tell us what we want to hear. And so they just get more and more people watching so they can sell more and more people. You just have, we just have to understand this is not the worst thing in the world. This is not a five-alarm fire. It's just a, it's an issue. I mean, you got to step back and say, I have to control the inputs better. So I, I've got five, five news rules so far. I think there's a couple more coming. I, I, I simply am going to bring... Uh, bring all of this into as, as sharp a relief as I can and say that, that you have to understand what you're up against and understand that if you want to follow God, then this has to be the background track that is playing in your head. And that means you have to spend more time with it. <laughs> and that means that you have to study it. And you have to be shaped by it. And you have to trust it. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree that is planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so those who head down a different path. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, uh, 
we, we want to be shaped by truth. We want to be shaped by you. We want to be shaped by love and by grace. We want to be shaped by the promises that you have given us of eternal life. We want to be shaped uh, by the things that are eternal, not by the noise of this moment. Help us to understand more clearly the choices that are before us. Help us to fall more deeply in love with you. Help us to be students of your book that rightly handle it.